0: You are now listening to Audible Eatables, nourishing knowledge for your mind, body, and soul. Mmm, tasty. With me, your host, Daneen. For more, visit audibleeatables.com. Hello, friends, and welcome to this third episode of Audible Eatables. I'm so happy to have you joining me at the table again this week. I received an overwhelmingly positive response from you all after the last episode. It really warmed my heart, and I am so grateful that so many of you found value in the message. Your words of encouragement and sheer excitement for me in this new endeavor fill me with such joy and appreciation for all of you. Thank you so, so much. I got to thinking about the previous episode and recapping it in my brain and I began to think about what has made me stick with all the rituals I've developed in the past few months or even over the course of say the past few years and something stood out to me that I feel is important to share. I at some point along my journey decided that it was no longer negotiable to not fully take care of myself to the best of my ability. This is something I cannot rely on anyone else to do for me, and if I'm going to keep showing up in the world as my best self, in order to be of service in any capacity, whether to myself, my family and friends, or my community, I must devote time and effort to making myself a whole, healthy being this practice takes daily action and sometimes minute-to-minute accountability and perseverance and that brings us to today's amuse-bouche this week brought to you by the month of february welcome february everybody being that last week was the first week of february Like clockwork, everyone seemed to be recounting those resolutions they made at the beginning of the year. How many of those are you still devoted to today? If zero is your answer, not to worry, you're not alone. You're actually in a slight majority, according to a poll in Forbes magazine. 72% of folks over the age of 45 and 40% of those 45 or younger Don't even bother with resolutions at all. And of those who do make a New Year's resolution, less than 25% stick with them after just 30 days. What's more encouraging? That number drops to a paltry 8% of people who actually follow through to the end of their set goal. Yikes. So turns out maybe we're going about this whole resolution thing all wrong. And if you've been agonizing about not keeping your resolution in the light of this new month, ease up on yourself a little. Turns out there are science-backed reasons why we fail. One of these reasons is that most of our resolutions aren't things we actually want to do. They're things we feel we're obligated to do. Seen from that point of view, the key question is, what lies behind your resolve? Are you doing it for you or for someone else? Because you want to, or because you think you should? Because society says so? Or because, hey, there's a perfectly good bridge over there that everyone else is jumping off of, so why not? Another thing we tend to do is focus on results, the shiny prize at the end, instead of, say, the process when that process doesn't unfold the way we envision, because maybe our goals are a bit too lofty or we gave ourselves an impossible timeline, the things we've resolved to do becomes burdensome, and we give up, naturally. Resolutions tend to have us looking for a magic pill to solve all our problems in one fell swoop, and even though we know no such pill exists, we tend to believe in them anyhow. Sound familiar? Perhaps, too, we are wording this all wrong. I mean, by definition, a resolution is a firm decision to do or not to do something. Last time I checked, just because I firmly decided to do something in one moment, and it was the truth at the time, it didn't necessarily mean I would follow through with that decision if something I wanted more came along. Then I could just as easily firmly decide not to do that thing. And entertain the possibility of doing the other and the cycle continues with no regard to commitment on any level and if that is the case with resolutions they seem to mostly be devoid of any kind of action at all besides of course the making and unmaking of decisions and that just sounds exhausting so why keep doing that i'm going to tell you a little secret last year i decided To stop making resolutions instead i began to make investments and i started investing many many months before the new year even happened upon us which leads us directly into our main course this week personal investment strategies (laughs) no we won't be delving into the complexities of the stock market today Although, we will touch on the subject of money, but I want to do a deep dive into the idea of investing in oneself. In contrast to the term resolution, the definition of an investment is an act of devoting time, effort, or energy to a particular undertaking with the expectation of a worthwhile result. Taking action. Now that's something I can get behind. Seems to me, a few smart investments in our future self will by definition far outperform any well-intentioned impending resolutions. The best part is, the earlier we begin investing and the longer we stay invested, the more our assets will grow, or I guess uh, diminish in the case of achieving a healthy body weight. Also, it's never too late to start making investments, especially in ourselves. Investing in ourselves pays big dividends, and that return on investment is directly linked to some of the most important aspects of our lives. I like to think of these little good for me investments as making deposits in my personal well being bank. They means bank and trust, if you will. Since I'm also slightly obsessed with health, I chose to break down my investments into three primary health-driven categories. The health of my body, the health of my brain, and the health of my money. I feel that if those areas of my life are being well taken care of, wholly and often contributed to, and then diligently looked after, then everything else, like my work life and my relationships, seem to fall nicely into place naturally. I find too that when one of those areas is lacking or I don't give it as much attention or commitment, the others also fall out of balance, which is why, as you would with any investment portfolio, I perform regular check-ins with myself to make certain my personal stock is performing optimally and I'm not too diversified or stretched too thin. My first investment in my well-being bank, and because it is a topic I know most about, is in my physical health. I've made a few decisions about my health and my daily practices that are, to me, no longer debatable. I move my body, I put good things into my body, and I devote time to sleep and rest. I've always been pretty healthy, and my work with food and nutrition, of course, helps to keep me quite motivated and to stay on top of my well-being. But I obviously love food. Food makes me happy, as I'm sure it does all of you. And I'm certainly not going to deprive myself of the food I love and the enjoyment I derive from eating it, but moderation, discernment, and control are key. Discernment is a big one for me. Most of the time, I am very particular about what and where I eat. I can't bring myself to eat crappy food. You are what you eat, they say. (laughs) And crappy food makes me feel like crap. Also, life is too short to eat crappy food. And turns out, if you eat too much crappy food, your life will be even shorter. So... I invest my calories wisely, like I do my money, and only spend money and calories on food that is in a sense life-giving instead of life-depleting. I also find when I devote my consumption to quality, I don't need much in the way of quantity. If I'm savoring a meal and thinking of all the ways I'm being nourished, instead of rushing through it, I tend to eat less and derive more pleasure from the process. Another beautiful thing about eating whole healthy foods is that it provides me more energy to do the things I love, like my new love of walking. Now most days I'm standing all day at work and walking around in a big kitchen. So I do reap the benefits of that movement. And in the past, pre-pandemic, I went to a yoga studio to practice yoga. But when studios shut down, I wasn't quite sure what to do with myself. Sure, I could practice in my living room. I did that. And I still do. But it isn't quite the same. I'm sure at least a few of you have had a similar experience this past year in trying to find new and interesting ways to work out. I happened to move to a new city right before everything closed last year, and while I knew the area a bit, there were still places that I hadn't explored. I've always loved walking, and often when we used to be able to travel, I would get to a new city and get to know it by taking an entire day or two to just walk around. So while looking for a new way to work out, I thought what better way to get some exercise and to get to know my new city than to just walk around. And it has become something I look forward to absolutely every single day. Now, I know one of the biggest barriers to getting exercise regularly is time. And I know how hard it is to fit more into our days. But, since I know you already listened to the last episode, you already know how to create more time in your day, right? I would also venture to guess that about 65% of you are already wearing yoga pants at this very moment. So it wouldn't be too much of a stretch, (laughs) to actually use them for their intended purpose, even for five minutes. I guarantee if you go out for a walk for five minutes, you'll end up doing at least 10. Then you'll feel amazing and will wanna keep doing it tomorrow and the next day. And hey, if walking isn't your thing, try a few new things to see which works for you if you're new to exercise in general, don't push yourself too hard to find a fit. This is where slow and steady wins the race. You wouldn't take your life savings and invest it all in a company you know nothing about and haven't fully researched. So why would you take your biggest asset, yourself, and force it into an activity that isn't fun or enjoyable? If you invest in something you love doing, you'll be more likely to continue to do it. And if that's not enough to get you started, the Mayo Clinic, you know who that is, suggests that physical activity stimulates various brain chemicals that may leave you feeling happier and more relaxed, therefore less anxious. And those are some major ROIs that I've experienced in the past few months that I am unwilling moving forward to go without. When I started my walking routine, I was only going for a couple days a week, and only for about 20 minutes. At the moment, that was all the time I could invest. But I was still moving, and just like investing with dollars, every little bit counts. The great thing about investments is, you can start small, and build. Slow, incremental, consistent progress will also keep you more engaged, because, It doesn't feel like you're climbing a mountain. And by starting slowly, we're apt to keep with the program. Too much too soon can be overwhelming. And when overwhelmed, it's easy to just throw in the towel. And as with any worthwhile and smart investment, we should also be conservative with ourselves. Most of us, me included, need consistency more than we need intensity. Think of how compound interest takes a small amount of money and over time makes it into a big pile of money. I like big piles of money. So I've also begun to change the way I invest in my finances. I was always intrigued by how people made their money work for them. And I always thought that I would have to have a considerable amount of money or any extra money at all for that matter to make mine work for me. I didn't have any extra money, or so I thought. One thing this pandemic has taught me in hindsight is that the money I used to spend on shoes and dresses and fancy coffees and meals out and bar tabs only really brought me temporary joy, followed by a little sadness, and then the need to go out and spend more money on those same things all over again for another hit of fleeting happiness. Sound familiar? Besides, I've also discovered I'm most comfortable in my jeans and t-shirt, cooking for myself, and occasionally drinking exquisite wine from my healthy collection that I've already fully invested in. So, I decided to take all that, now, extra money, And invest it in other areas where they do myself and others some good, which is instead a source of constant joy. Now, my money is not only working for me, it is also working to further the projects and future happiness of others as well. In addition to the amazing benefits I've already begun to enjoy in keeping my body healthy and my finances in check. I began to think of other incremental investments I could make in my brain account as well. Instead of watching a movie to end my evening, I have started to read more. I've always loved reading. And in just 20 minutes a night before bed, I was able to read four books last month. Not to be a braggart or anything, but I was actually amazed myself Just goes to show you how much time is wasted on doing things that don't actually make a difference. And if you want some more science-y stuff, reading has immense brain building and rewiring capabilities. This type of mental activity helps to keep the memory sharp, much in the same way lifting weights keeps the muscles toned. It also helps me to fall asleep faster. And as someone who takes a long time to wind down at the end of the day, That is a major bonus. I am very fortunate that my work affords me the opportunity to be creative on a daily basis. Creativity in any form helps us to grow personally and professionally, to view problems and solutions in different ways, and to utilize parts of our mind that may have been previously untapped. Work creativity and personal creativity to me are completely different things, so I tend to look to other outlets to fulfill my personal creativity needs. For many years, one of these creative outlets for me has been writing. I've had a few pieces published here and there, but I recently made one of my best investments yet. I signed up for a writing class. Not only has my writing improved, but I am now writing daily, another investment in myself that has done wonders for my mental health. Whether writing a story with a recipe for this podcast or journaling at the end of the day, getting my words onto paper gets them out of my head. And I find once they're out, I am better able to focus on other tasks like my work or simply falling asleep. Also, having a writing coach to keep me motivated, accountable, and to give advice has been indispensable. And quite a lot of times, her advice has crossed over as something I can apply to other parts of my life. So as you can see, by making sound investments in my well-being bank, I am enjoying benefits now, and I am looking forward to the long-term gains to come health to live a longer, more fulfilling life, more money to do good, and knowledge to impart now and to future generations. I guess that's why we view making monetary investments so risky. We're putting our money on the line with no promise of a return on investment. On the contrary, investing in ourselves is unequivocally less risky than the stock market. We have nothing to lose and everything to gain yet rarely do we take that leap i feel there is one major reason why investing in ourselves can be so difficult it's because the only thing we're actually putting on the line is our word to ourselves this poses another question that i'd like to explore today why is it so easy to make and keep promises to others. But so difficult to do so for ourselves. And this brings us to our dessert. Going back to our previous conversation on my slight case of perfectionism, in that same vein, I've always been what you would call a people pleaser. And many times derived my value on the opinions of others. So much so that when I finally had a good hard look at my life, I realized I was making big life decisions based on the values and expectations of others than from my own. I would often bend and change my ways to fit their life rather than make decisions based on what was best for me. I was constantly breaking promises to myself and going against my intuition and what I believed to be right. Turns out, when we break promises to ourselves, we send a powerful message to ourselves that we are not important, or at least not as important as the thing we break it for. We also go against our values around being honest and acting with integrity, which can also have far-reaching consequences in other areas of our lives. So, I decided to make a change in my occasional and damaging disregard for myself, and this is how I've been able to stick to my personal investment strategy. It all started with something I remembered I was asked once in an interview. If you could go back and tell your younger self something that would change your life or make it better, what would it be? As much as I think we could benefit from that if time travel were possible, it doesn't have much practical use in our daily lives. So instead, I begin to ask myself, would my future self be happy with this decision? Or what would my future self do in this situation? And that has changed the way I make even the smallest decisions. Like when I get out of the shower and I consider not putting on lotion, even though I'm tired and maybe feel a bit lazy, I always put on the lotion because my future self wants soft skin. Now, because I'm so used to holding myself in such high regard for these seemingly simple tasks, I ultimately hold myself much more accountable for all of life's big ones. As you may or may not have noticed, this podcast episode is running a little longer. I recorded most of this episode last week, and that before was supposed to be the climactic ending. But life in all its glorious timing and ironies had other plans for me and my accountability to myself and to you, my friends here at the table. This episode is a couple days late, because last week, as healthy and on top of everything I felt I was, I overloaded my plate and obviously wasn't fully taking care of myself the way I know to do. And as it does from time to time, when I don't slow down, my body will do it for me this time in the form of a migraine one of my most debilitating human features wishes i might that headaches were a superhuman feature instead that simply is not the case and as such keeps me from accomplishing all of the well-intentioned and planned for projects i am so passionate about as my perfectly imperfect human self i do falter on occasion but i've learned to try to not beat myself up about it, and to show myself a bit of self-love in moments such as this. I found the more I get down on myself, the harder it is, and the longer it takes to get back up. And I may even make my condition worse in the process, which is exactly what happened this time. My migraine reminded me that it is near to impossible to be Extraordinary every single day, or to try and fit it all in, whatever it may be. As important as it is to keep my word to myself and be accountable, it's just as vital to be compassionate and forgiving of myself when things don't go as planned, just like I would be sympathetic with anyone else. I could have pushed through and made it happen, but Trying to force myself to finish it while I wasn't well wasn't going to do me, my head, or the podcast any favors. I would have not been proud of that work, and my message wouldn't have been as authentic. Also, this provided me the opportunity to serve up a little extra nugget of knowledge today. Sometimes it is more important and powerful even to realize you can't do it all yourself to take a breath, to regroup, or just let yourself have a vulnerable human moment. It is that insight to not press on when something doesn't feel quite right, whether your health or your intuition, that most times will propel you further in the long run. That break you take could lead To a more genuine and gratifying outcome of whatever it was you set out to do in the first place. Thank you all again for allowing me to be my most genuine self. And again, I am so glad you've all joined me here at the table. Join me next week on LOVE Day when I'll be basking in some more self love from the beautiful island of Maui. Also, if you're loving this podcast, you can show me some of your love by rating or leaving me a review wherever you're listening. Now go out and live life deliciously.